We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Andy Gallion. Andy is the CEO and co-founder of InCheck, a nationally accredited screening company. InCheck provides customized nationwide background screening and drug testing solutions to employers, volunteer groups, and sports organizations. Early in his career as a recruiter, Andy recognized an opportunity to fill a gap in the background screening industry and build a service-oriented business. 20 years later, under Andy's leadership, InCheck has been named as one of Milwaukee Business Journal's fastest-growing firms, a Milwaukee Biz Times Future, Future 50 company, and of Milwaukee's best and brightest organizations to work for. InCheck is also a Spirity certified organization, with Andy being named Spirity Strategic Leader of the Year in 2017. Andy is past president of the Wisconsin Society for Human Resource Management Board. Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, Lori. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to have you here, too. You've got quite the rap sheet there, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting choice of words given our industry. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you decided to start in check and what were you striving to create? Yeah, well, the story is kind of interesting because I never in a million years uh, would have guessed that I'd end up in the background screening industry. Um, I don't think anybody sets out to uh, be in the screening industry, um, but we just kind of ended up in that space as uh, we had actually planned to start up a staffing company. And so um, as we were in the process of starting up a staffing company, we um, came up with the idea of starting a background screening company. And it was you know, based on a, a placement that we were making, um, and we heard that there was um, like an outsourced background screening company that was involved. And so our curiosity was piqued. We looked at the market in Wisconsin. There was really only one other provider. And we thought we'd be able to leverage a lot of our relationships to, to get that business off the ground in addition to um, the staffing company that we were starting at the time as well. Oh, interesting. And uh, the staffing company today? Yeah. So, um, you know, I am one third owner of Extension Inc., which is a professional staffing company based in Wauwatosa as well. And so, um, you know, I'm not really involved on a day to day basis. Um, and I kind of keep that, you know, usually under wraps a little bit um, and not trying to cross sell or uh, blur the lines between the two companies. So, um, yeah, while I'm a third owner, I spend 99.9% of my time uh, on the day-to-day at InCheck. All right, great. So tell us a little bit about what your typical day looks like and what do you most enjoy doing? 
Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, it can be all over the board. Um, anything from sales and business development to account management, working on projects for clients that range from you know more complex uh, compliance issues, coming up with reports, working through pricing, um, providing good customer service. Um, providing leadership and management of um, our executive leadership team, um, working with marketing, um, budgets, um, just across the board. I mean, you know, anything and everything, um, you know, as we're a smaller business, we have 42 employees, um, you know, I'm kind of spread thin, um, but I really do enjoy that part of my job. So um, the variety of it, um, you know, is exciting to me. Um, keeps me engaged. And, uh, but, you know, out of all that, I'd have to say that, um, you know, meeting new businesses, um, you know, working with new people, signing up new accounts for InCheck, um, kind of working through the project nature of that uh, part of the job is, is really probably my favorite. It sounds like it sounds like you wear a lot of hats and there's actually a lot of similarities between what our d- days look like, but also what our what we enjoy doing the most and like meeting new people and helping them solve the problem that they have and, and really making sure they have an amazing experience throughout, you know, that entire relationship. Yeah, totally. So I know that you're really big into sports and um, just learned that you are active on the officiating side of sports. Can you talk about how that ties into your role as a CEO? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, the over the 29 years that I've been refing basketball, I started when I was 15. Um, you know, I think the the biggest connection is that, you know, as a as a sports official, specifically in basketball, you have to be able to talk to people. You have to be able to communicate. Um, being on a basketball floor in front of a gym that might have, you know, a thousand or more people. Um, in a pressure pack game, um, you know, when you blow that whistle, the spotlight's on you, you have to be confident, you have to be able to communicate both verbally and non-verbally. And I think all those communication skills um, really come into play in terms of you know, trying to establish my presence as a leader within the business at InShack and, you know, working with all the different types of people that I work with on a daily basis. Oh, there's so much truth to that. And communication is, as a leader, is probably one of the most important skills. And I like how you commented on not just the verbal, but the nonverbal communication as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, when when I'm refing, um, you know, there are moments when the entire gym is looking at me. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I have to give the appearance that, you know, hey, I'm not going to be rattled in this situation. And, you know, I will make mistakes from time to time. And, you know, I think it's, can you stick with it? Can you pull through? Can you get the next call right? Um, Just like making decisions at work as a leader, you know, I'm sometimes going to make the wrong decision, but can I get the next one right? So. Yeah, no, that's great. I love it. That's definitely a powerful skill to have. And I'm sure you're, um, you said 29 years. Yeah, 29 years. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of miles on these legs. So. I'm sure there's a, yeah, <laughs> a lot of, lot of little lessons, and but you've probably really grown into the powerful leader that you are, trusted powerful leader because of that, I'm sure, had a yeah, it's big part of it. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, um, the purpose of this show is to really talk about networking and relationships. I know we, we tackled that a little bit already, but can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Yeah, definitely. Well, and it's a great segue because it happened on the basketball court and um, years and years ago, actually, when we first started um, the business. So this is going back like 19 years, um, you know, and we weren't making any money. So I was, I was reffing games in the summer as my side hustle to get a little extra cash. And um, I was up at Homestead High School in Mequon, was reffing a summer league game, the coach, you know, I'd seen him week after week and, you know, kind of started getting friendly as far as just, you know, talking, you know, in between games or during halftime, whatever. And, uh, you know, one day he was wincing before the game, holding his back. I asked him what he did. He said he heard his back sneezing while he was at work. Hmm. I asked him what he did. He said he was the head of HR for journal, journal communications, which at the time was the parent company that owned like the journal Sentinel journal hmm. broadcast group and like six other companies. And so, um, you know, when I told him that, um, I was in recruiting and also in background screening, he invited me in to come meet with him. Um, you know, professionally. And so we kind of established the relationship through, uh, through basketball, uh, but then it developed into, um, you know, the professional side. And, and, and that was a relationship that, um, you know, we had for many, many years and it was great. So uh, that was one of my favorite stories over the years in relation to, um, you know, networking and, and making connections. I love that. I think it's a great story that you shared. Um, and thank you for sharing that. I, I, what I like about it is that your passion, your outside of work activity is what ultimately brought to this great relationship that sounds like you still have now. Um, it converted into business for you, but that was not the intention at all. You were doing something you just enjoyed doing. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, just communication. Mm hmm. And, um, you know, it's just going into it with you know, no real intentions other than just making a human connection. And it led to a great business partnership. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So, Andy, you've got an established network, you know, large or small. It's really important to stay in touch with them. How do you nurture your network and your community? Um, you know, it's a great question. And to give you a real honest answer, Lori, I don't think I do a good enough job of it. Um, I could be more intentional and definitely more strategic. Um, and I, I've probably been a little bit more reactive than proactive throughout my career. Mm -hmm. um, and I think because, um, you know, when I'm in the moment, um, I'm in the moment and mm -hmm. people, you know, kind of get to know me and, you know, there's probably a comfort level there over, you know, the years of working with certain people where, you know, if we don't talk for a while, um, if we don't get together, um, meet in person, you know, it's fine. Um, but would I like to, to do more of that? Yes. You know, there are some great relationships that I've built over the years that, um, you know, I wish I'd be able to spend a little bit more time um, continuing. And so, you know, if I, if I, if I did a better job of it, I would be more intentional about scheduling time, um, on my calendar, following up with certain people. And, um, you know, I think it's just 
going back to the nature of the job where um, kind of firefighting, um, you know, so much mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I haven't been able to kind of separate from the day to day to the point where I can really focus on, on networking and being intentional about my touches um, and possibly even using technology to manage that better. But um, yeah, so I could be better. Yeah. There's wearing a lot of hats is definitely challenging when you want to be strategic in those long-term relationships. But um like you said, technology has really allowed us to make that happen, but it is also distracting the that nurturing from actually happening at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> there's, totally. There's too many things happening at once, I find. Um, so what advice would you offer the business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, trying to get involved, um, you know, different industry trade associations, um, conferences, um, you know, LinkedIn groups, um, you know, learning about the people that are thought leaders in your area of business, both locally and nationally, get to know your competitors. Um, you know, I think, you know, being authentic um, and trying to, to think about the version of yourself that you want people to see um, when you're out there building that network. Um, you know, again, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier about being intentional. And I think you really have to live it. And I think early on in my career, that was a transition that I realized that I had to make. And that, you know, if, if I was going to do this to the best of my ability, you know, I had to be living and breathing in check 24 seven. It wasn't just between the hours of eight and five. And, you know, I think that would be another piece of advice to give to, to someone uh, who's looking to grow their network. And, and just as far as, you know, living, living what they do, um, you know, not just during the, during the work day. Yeah, I agree with that. You, you, I mean, you can have different types of, um, let's see what, what am I trying to say here? I don't want to say personalities, but we, you know, we, we wear different hats, I guess, you know, right. you have when you're officiating versus, you know, being the boss, man, there's definitely different hats and how you respond and present yourself, but there's definitely crossover. It's just being your authentic self. Like you said, just being real and who you are. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah, totally. I think, um, I've said this in past episodes that, people can smell fake <laughs> when you're trying to be something that you're not. That's it, way more apparent than just being who you are. Yeah. Yeah. There's, that is definitely something that, you know, people can, can smell out really quick. I mean, you bring up a great point there. Um, you know, and I think it's just, you know, it's going to click for some people and for some it's not. And um you know, it's, you can't be someone you're not to try to make it work with someone who you just aren't going to hit it off with. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Exactly. So digital networking, which is the world we're in right now versus traditional networking, which one do you find value in? Probably more the traditional, um, you know, the face to face if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think just the, the, the idea of, of meeting people in person, that personal connection is really what solidifies the relationship. Yep. Um, 
you know, I think there are a lot of great opportunities that are available through technology, um, but maybe using technology to try to, um, you know, get in front of people, um, you know, phone calls, it seems like are, you know, kind of a lost art as well. Just picking up the phone. It's so easy to send an email. Yep. Um, you know, and that's tough though, sometimes, cause honestly, like I'll call people, Lori, and I don't know if I should be scheduling that call or if just calling out of the blue is like, you know, interrupting someone's day. And I guess they don't have to answer the call, but you find that as well. Like just as far as, you know, trying to, to schedule a phone call. Oh yeah. I mean, even my calendar, this sounds terrible to say, but I'll admit it. Um, my team knows that unless it's on my calendar, I don't take a call with the, ex- yeah. with very few exceptions, you know, it, it's, <laughs> but like you, it's nonstop every single day. So, and, yeah. and I look at if I'm trying to reach, you know, someone wearing a lot of hats, like I am, they're probably going to respond the same way. So I, I do prefer personally that it is scheduled yeah. unless it's a crisis situation. Um, right. But for the most part, it's not. So, um, that's just how I function though. But I yeah. would imagine it's kind of the way the world is too, to some extent. Yeah. So do you find yourself leading with, you know, like, can we schedule a call? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And it, which is, which is kind of bizarre if you think about it, cause that is not the way the world was, you know, just a few years ago, you would just walk into the building or, you know, pick up the phone and answer it and start chatting up a storm. That's true. And like the idea of setting agendas, just so everybody knows like exactly what we're going to be accomplishing on this phone call. And, um, you know, with phone calls and all these meetings that we have now, especially with, you know, going to a work from home, Mm -hmm. um, dynamic, you know, one thing that I heard that I, that I thought is really cool is like the idea of trying to give someone back like 25% of their time on the scheduled call. So if you've got an hour scheduled for a call, see if you can get it done in 45 minutes. Oh, I love um, that. And get that first 15 <laughs> minutes back. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice when you do get done a little bit early, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly is. I mean, especially, you know, like you, you know, your calendar's back to back. Um, you know, trying to get that extra 10 or 15 minutes to get a couple emails answered or whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. Nice, so, yeah. No, that, that it is interesting. It is a lost art too, at the same time, you know, there is when you get someone that you have an established relationship with, you haven't talked to in a while and they just call you out of the blue. Mm-hmm. There is something good about that as opposed to when, for some reason I automatically think it's something negative because <laughs> yeah. no one really calls unless it's a crisis. Right. Yeah. Um, so I Oh, God, sorry. I was going to jump in. I just thought of a story. Oh, yeah. No, go for it. Because in 2010, um, going back 10 years, my goodness, um, I did that. I just called somebody who was a dear friend of mine that I had worked with. Um, it was kind of like our first big account, um, which was back in the day, it was Fortis Health. Oh. And then it changed to Assurant. Mm-hmm. My husband so, worked there. Yeah. So, um, you know, we did all their background checks and their, um, their like main contact is someone that I built a great friendship with and spent time outside of work. Um, she ended up bouncing around a little bit, United healthcare, 
company in Ohio and then was down in Arizona. And I just one day out of the blue called her up. And when she picked up the phone, she said, boy, do I need to talk to you? Um, we need a new background screening company. And, you know, um, maybe she would have called, you know, in a month, who knows, but that ended up being like the biggest account that we had ever, um, that we had ever won. It was a huge moment for, you know, the history of InCheck. So um, again, just kind of like the idea of sometimes, you know, it works to just do the random check-in, see how you're doing, work that network, um, keep in touch with people. Um, you know, I can't say that it was like, you know, an intentional and strategic plan. It was more of a it worked out for me. Sounds like you might want to go back to that first question I asked you about um, uh, uh, um, nurturing your network there. And, and yeah. you might want to be a little strategic about calling some of those people if you've got some amazing wins coming from that. You know, it's funny because if Shelly's listening right now, then um, <laughs> she's going to expect a call from me here soon. So. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that, that story. And, you know, sometimes it just happens which is great so that's why it is important to nurture your network um let's you you brought brought us back 10 years let's go back 20 years or or mm-hmm. more um because i don't know exactly how old you are but and i don't need to know but let's go back to your 20 year old self that's what i'm trying to say yeah what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career mm. um well i don't know if you've gotten this answer before but um you know, to, to take it more seriously. And, um, you know, part of that would be to, to, to quit drinking, um, and not be as concerned about being the life of the party and having fun Mm -hmm. because, you know, that college lifestyle, um, kind of spilled over into my professional career. And I wasn't someone that had a job lined up like right after college. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, I was the more of the, you know, the procrastinator, like take my time, figure it out, bartend here and there, rough some basketball and then kind of, you know, get things going. And, um, you know, that was kind of the start looking back, you know, that was the start of, of bad habits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was so, you know, I was so like preoccupied with having a great time and, you know, having my circle of friends and still playing sports that, you know, I probably didn't realize, I know I didn't realize then, you know, what a bite it was taking out of my, you know, professional life. And Mm -hmm. so while obviously, you know, things have gone great over 18 years, sometimes I think how much better could they have gone, you know, if I, if I had better work habits, if I was more focused, And that's where I think, you know, like I started working with a professional coach like three years ago. I wish I would have found a coach, you know, 15 years ago. Sure. Um, You know, because like, you know, over those years, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a facade going where, you know, I thought I had it all figured out, but I really wasn't honest with myself. And I think, you know, it got to a point where, you know, I as years went on, you know, I had to dig deep to really, um, kind of make some changes and get, uh, my life going in the right direction and start to, you know, 
try to realize my full potential. Mm -hmm. So, you know, making some changes, getting honest with myself, working with a coach and fixing what was broken was, was very humbling experience, but something that kind of relaunched my career within the last few years. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, kind of a, a summary over the last 20 years at a real high level. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, I think that's something that I wish personally I knew more about when I was in college is to pay more attention to the long game instead of so focused on that, that short term, you know, um, excitement and thrill. (laughs) That's a great way of putting it, Lori, the long game. I Mm -hmm. mean, absolutely. Totally. Um, yeah, thank you. That was good, good insights. And hopefully all the young whippersnappers listening right now will take some, take that and and do something about it. Um, all right, Andy. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you can do it within the sixth degree? So a little political, but it would be uh, president Barack Obama. That's the person that, that I would love to sit down with. I've, I've admired the man as a leader, um, as a human being, as a man of integrity. Um, and I think, you know, you've, you've seen the, you know, pictures of him golfing or playing basketball, but, you know, so if I could get together with him and take him golfing or, or shoot hoops or grab a coffee, um, that would be the, the lifetime achievement for me, um, just to be around him and, and kind of take that in, um, would be an amazing opportunity. And, and actually how would I do it going back to the referee world? Um, someone that I've known who, who was a referee, um, and then got into politics, mm. saw him, I think he worked for president Obama. Oh, wow. He posted pictures of them and his family together at one point. So I'd start there and maybe it wouldn't even take me six degrees, okay. but, um, you know, maybe, maybe it would take like three or something, but, um, yeah. So again, combining the, uh, the referee world into, uh, into the picture. I love it. So what's holding you back from initiating this outreach? Wow. Um, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, you know, because it's such a long shot, you know, how would that, you know, what, what are the chances of that actually happening? Um, but what's uh, going to happen if the answer is no, right? So at least go for the yes. Well, I know. And that ties into kind of the idea of your show here, right? Like Exactly. Going for, <laughs> and going for it and being intentional. I'm definitely not being intentional with this approach. And to your point, Laura, you can't think your way out of a burning building. So it takes <laughs> action. You know, by me sitting here thinking about getting together with Barack Obama is not actually going to happen. I have to actually do something about that. All right. Well, I, I look forward to you reporting back and sharing details about the the golf or the basketball game you have with him. We'll see if that happens. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. So what is something you'd like to ask me? So I know that you've got some connections in the sports world as well. Um, tell me a little bit about some of your athletic prowess and what you'd like to do in the sports world outside of work. 
Oh, that's fun. That's not a, I usually get the business questions, but I like the sports question. Um, yeah. So I, I love hockey, ice hockey. Um, I basically grew up in an ice rink. Uh, I play in anywhere between two or three leagues at a time in the Milwaukee area. I, I've met a couple professional players over my, my lifetime, um, but that's my passion. And I definitely tie the sport in. I've got a lot of professional contacts that, you know, we, we met in the locker room or on the ice. And um, if, if there's any spare time, that is the activity that I'm typically engaged in. Nice. Well, it, you know, and it does spill over because, as you know, someone from our company has played hockey, I don't know, on the same team, but definitely in the same league. And so they knew of you. And when we were looking to work with you and your company, you know, having that additional, you know, kind of connection there certainly doesn't hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. No, that definitely helps, um, which is interesting, you know, and there's it's always a small world. You don't know who's connected where and how they know you. Um, but more importantly, as, as you spoke to earlier about always being your authentic self is you, you really don't know who's watching you and when. Mm hmm. And, and I've heard that, um, interestingly enough, a couple of times that, you know, someone was new of me and they knew that someone else knew me. So they kind of were asking that person questions um, to see if it was a good decision or not. And so that's, you know, you always you always got to put your best foot forward, I guess. Right. And yeah, be, your, be your authentic self. No, and it's, um, you know, we, we say that all the time as referees, you never know who's watching. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and, and I'm assuming that, you know, when you're on the ice, you're always very respectful to the referees, right? All the time. <laughs> Actually, I would say most of the referees in Milwaukee, I do have a really good relationship with. I mean, I, I play in, I'm going to call it men's league, even though it's co-ed, but there's very small male to female ratio. So it's pretty easy to stand out in the league. Um, but at the same time, um, I do know the majority of the refs and have a really solid relationship with the ones with a good handful of them. Nice. So my next question for you from one business owner to another in terms of providing leadership and kind of during this crazy situation that we've been in here called 2020, <laughs> what's been kind of the focus of your leadership message to your organization, to your clients and trying to kind of work through this. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's hard to be strategic when, you know, all of a sudden we're in reactive mode and firefight mode, but how are you kind of looking at the long play you know, from a leadership perspective and the strategic direction of your company while also dealing with the challenges of a reactive pandemic type situation as well? Wow, that's that's a big one. <laughs> that's a great question, though. Um, number one, I, I would say, I guess two things really come to mind is education and honesty. I've been as, as far as my philosophy and core value that I've really instilled in the business and the community is to just educate, educate, educate. So with regards to my team and just the, the community, I mean, globally, digitally, and then, you know, locally, just helping people 
to the best of my abilities by giving as much information to help them su- succeed, mm-hmm. um, especially online, you know, educating them on best practices for their websites and their marketing initiatives um, because everyone is struggling on, on some level. Um, with my team, I'm being honest and transparent and, and even with, um, you know, clients and, and, the community um, to the degree that I'm, I'm comfortable sharing specific insights, but you know, there's definitely times where I don't have the answer because who knows what tomorrow is going to look like. I mean, there's still things that we're, you know, waiting for the government to make decisions on that will impact, you know, do we go option A or option B? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm transparent and honest to my team on where we stand today and let them know that um, if they have any questions, I, I always have an open door approach to answering to the best of my abilities based on, you know, whatever knowledge I have or the current states. But um, again, I think it's a combination of honesty and education. Yeah, totally. Um, are there any like quotes or sayings or philosophies that you use kind of, you know, with your team or just to yourself personally, um, anything that like stands out that, you know, kind of Lori's words to live by. (laughs) I have one for the business and the team and then one for me, um, for the team. And it's kind of just an internal philosophy is, um, every time we do something, we do it 1% better than the last time we did it. Uh, and so again, that kind of goes to the education and and just big fan of that self-improvement and professional and personal development. You know, it's not just, can we do this thing better, but can I do it better and, and whatnot. Um, and my personal, um, quote, I guess is by Van Gogh. Um, I love art, very creative as well. Um, (laughs) I do all the things, (laughs) um, is uh, first I dream of painting, then I paint my dreams. Hmm, I so, like it. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's all about you know taking action, as we spoke about earlier. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Great questions, man. You're just on a roll, aren't you? <laughs> well, you know, my my passion initially was to be in broadcast journalism. And so, you know, I thought when I was in college and trying to plan out my career that I was going to be on ESPN. So, um, so yeah, maybe I'm kind of getting my fix here as far as, uh, you know, um, (laughs) interviewing somebody who's, you know, got the sports background, got the business background, and maybe you're inspiring me to start my own podcast. I was just going to say, sounds like we should get you going on your own show soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Andy, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Yeah, I just think, um, I guess to, to answer my own question to you, as far as like, you know, words to live by or quotes or sayings, you know, when it comes to networking and we talked a little bit about this, Lori, you know, I think it's important that your insides match your outsides. Um, you know, being yourself, trying to be someone you're not is only going to lead to troubles in the future and uh, being intentional. Now, if you go to an event, go with a goal of making a certain number of introductions, do your prep work, get the most out of that event, study it, you list in advance, scout who you want to meet and go for it. Again, take action. 
what are you there for? You're there to meet people. Other people are there to meet people. So if you see somebody standing there silently keeping to themselves, just know that that person's probably shy and is just waiting for you to come up and initiate a conversation. If it doesn't go well, that's okay. Cause it's not going to click with everyone, but for the people that it does, you know, that you do click with and you find that it's very natural to have a conversation with, like those are the people that you probably have a better chance of developing some type of business relationship with, because I think people like working with people that they like. And so, you know, those are good signs to, to continue to follow up and um, someone who might want to work with you as well. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the advice that I'd give to, uh, to someone, you know, doing their networking. I love it. I think there's so many valuable insights that you share there. Um, and just throughout the whole conversation that we had, Andy, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Yeah. My email address, Andy Gallion at incheck.solutions.com. And, um, or just call me. My cell number is 414-803-7804. Call or text. And uh, you can call me out of the blue going back to what we talked about earlier. <laughs> and if I can't take the call, I will get back to you. So um, I'm totally open to that and expanding my network. And I really like kind of like the idea of being on your show, Lori, talking about networking because it's making me think about networking and in, in what, you know, what energy I should dedicate to that um, throughout the remainder of the year and then into 2021 and having a plan as well. So Awesome. Yeah, thank you again for having me on. I really enjoyed it. For sure. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, yeah, a great conversation. And and uh, all of your contact info will include in the show notes too. No, that's oh. great. When I start my show, I will definitely have you on as a guest. <laughs> it sounds great. Love it. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Reciprocity, right? <laughs> well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Andy for taking the time to connect with us. All right. So if you want to continue on the conversation about networking and building your community, join our Facebook group and just search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at Social Capital Podcast. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.